This summer, we're bringing you double Koi gig. For me, she's the best English centre-back. Play your best players in their best position. I don't think the captain is droppable, particularly after making the statement of dropping Steph Houghton. Subscribe to the OTV Koi gig pod on the OTV Sports app now. Now then, welcome along. Wednesday evening here on Off the Ball. Joe Malloy with you. Quality show on the way. Brian O'Driscoll on Wednesday night. Rugby running the rule on all things Ireland-New Zealand ahead of test number three on Saturday. The Open at St Andrews with Tiger Woods in tow has a certain iconic feel already been something of a festival of a build up although very pointedly without Greg Norman and Phil Mickelson we'll chat to Lawrence Donegan half past seven or so and then between nine and ten o'clock myself and Mick McCarthy and Arthur O'Dea will reflect on the week that was Pat Spillane's departure and the changing face of punditry amongst other topics up for discussion you're very welcome to get involved 53106 the text number add off the ball on Twitter is where you'll get us Mick McCarthy is here in studio hello hey Joe and Richie McCormick good evening how are you Joe good evening Excellent. I'm very well. I'm very well. So much going on. Brian O'Driscoll with us on uh, Wednesday Night Rugby. I did, uh, Richie, in the course of the conversation, ask uh, Brian O'Driscoll, what would he prefer on his CV? A test series win in New Zealand or to have been part of the first Irish team to make a World Cup semi-final? What would Richie McCormick take? Oof. I think now, now we're talking semi-final. Now we're talking semi-final. I think before he would have said perhaps the grants are the being the the All Blacks in a in a tour series, but I think over the last three World Cups this has built up to such a degree that it has to happen. Whereas I don't think necessarily at the start of Brian's career that would have been the case that this would have been the albatross that it's become. Um, so I think it's evolved over the years, but definitely now I think we're talking about World Cup semi-finals. Although it's not to put you know, the the kibosh on a series win in New Zealand because that would be fairly seismic regardless of the opposition or the, the quality of them at the moment because, like, look back at the last time they were beaten on home soil, first of all, before last Saturday was, what, 94? Mm-hmm. Like, to go and do that is achievement in and of itself. To win a series would be just monumental, but I still think a semi-final trumps it. That's the more popular answer. I'm taking New Zealand series all day long. All day long. All day long. Actually winning something somewhat tangible versus, you know... Sure, anything could happen to get you to the World Cup semi-final. Like, you know what I mean? You kind of have to win one match. Yeah. Really. You know, it's something we haven't done. Yeah. I was thinking about our quarterfinals there, you know, and I was thinking how it's, you know, in some ways it's a, in some ways it's a, a kind of a, a story that isn't really told properly in that, you know, like there's been bad luck and the injuries against Argentina in 2015. And then I started thinking about it more. 1999, we didn't make it. So sorry, 2003, beaten at halftime against France. 2007 didn't make it. 2011, bottle job against Wales. Well, maybe not, but you know, that's what it felt like <laughs> at the time. Uh, 2015, hammered to Argentina. 2019, hammered to New Zealand, beaten in the first half uh, again. We haven't actually performed in any of these uh, World Cup quarterfinals to no. the best of our ability at all. So 15 was unlucky with the injuries. There was a lot of injuries. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was looking at the team today and, you know, Paul O'Connell and Johnny Sexton out alone. Forget about anything else. Forget about the fact that Tommy Bow went off after 13 minutes. Forget about... Peter Mahoney, Sean O'Brien. There were five. They were all gone, yeah. Martin there was a, there was an image at one point, I think, when Luke Fitzgerald got the try yeah. uh, to level it briefly. Uh, where they showed like the coach's box and it was like all of Ireland's best players. Yeah. You know? Brian O'Driscoll was sort of with you though, Richie, actually. He manoeuvred it yeah. uh, very nicely in that he said, well, uh, as a, a losing semi-finalist, I might lean towards 
New Zealand series. But if you're saying now the chance to be in a semi-final and take my chances, that's what I want. So I think he outfoxed me in that answer slightly. But I would take uh, <laughs> New Zealand all day long. I was just reading, by the way, Warren Gatland has written a piece for The Telegraph where he's talking about the Andy Farrell that he knew and incredibly impressed with Farrell, always was. And he writes here, this is some classic... Uh, coaching uh, chicanery I would say here Yeah, I got a glimpse of Faz and his innovation during an early defensive meeting this was on the lines of 13 when he brought him on board an early defensive meeting he was the defence coach when Paul Bobby Stridgen who's their strength and conditioning coach you know he doesn't need to know tactics Yeah, Paul Bobby Stridgen our strength and conditioning coach interrupted the meeting when his phone went off Faz gave him both barrels and he demanded that Bobby repeat back to him the defensive structure and strategy he had outlined Bobby's thinking here, I deal in hamstrings and calves. I'm not (laughs) (laughs) rush defence. I don't know. Uh, We all sat back in our seats at Gatland in embarrassment for Bobby. But then we were stunned when he repeated word for word what Faz had said. It was only later I discovered the whole thing had been set up as a ploy for Faz to get his message across to the players. If the (laughs) fitness guy can remember our defence, so could they. Faz won. Lions players nil. Don't That's something it. that only works once, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's out in the open <laughs> you know now. What I mean? Yeah, not, I'm not mad about Faz as a nickname, but every other part of that story is magnificent. Isn't it just? Yeah, magnificent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we should start the news round, which is brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. Richard McCormick, you were starting with the burning issue ahead of the weekend at Crow Park. Yeah, the GEA say full testing of Crow Park's Hawkeye system will be carried out this week before deciding on its use in Sunday's All-Ireland Hurling final. A report has found that minor hardware issues contributed to a Shane Walsh point for Galway versus Derry registering as a wide in error. The GEA say they will review their protocol into how the system would be stood down if similar problems arise in the future. And speaking to Galway Bay FM earlier this week, Galway GEA Chair Paul Bellew said the Hawkeye issue almost led to a pretty severe standoff. Look, I was just straight down to the referee's room um, with, with Pora Kelly, uh, the, the football secretary. In fairness, I thought the referee was superb. Um, he was like, lads, we're aware, we're looking. You know, they communicated very well. We just made the point, you know, we're, we won't be back in the field until we know it's rectified. Uh, and then the officials from Crow Park were out. And I think there was just a thing about the rule. It was going to be resolved anyway, but we just had to be on top of it to make sure it did occur. It's a massive issue. I asked the question on Sunday, was it correct for the hurling? Because we had two scores on that end that were flagged over the bar, um, Ronan Glennon and Conor Whelan. They were flagged by the umpires as scores. They were both overturned. It's too late now, and I don't think it changes anything, but it's a massive issue, and I'm sure there's probably some difficult conversations going on in Crow Park and with Hawkeye this week because it could have major repercussions if it's not sorted out. Just as an aside, I don't think he's wrong at all but isn't it wonderful that sport is such an escape that we're talking about this issue as if he was dealing there about like nuclear arms <laughs> you know will I push the button or not yeah yeah anyway I he's right though it is a very serious uh, oh. issue within the confines of sport I didn't realise Galway threatened uh, That's we're brilliant. not taking the pitch unbelievable I didn't know that either that's yeah. incredible stuff um, like Derry right I know see the second half kind of undermined this as a massive issue a little bit because Galway kind of went out and won it so easy but it was so close at half time yeah. you know um, Conor Glass had a point a few minutes before this that looked the point that was named the point and Hawkeye said it was wide even though the arrow went over the bar if it looks like a point quacks like a point 
But uh, it, at least in the Walsh one, where the ball clearly had never deviated outside the post, the arrow did go outside. So whatever issue was going on, yeah. it went bananas. So you can't trust anything that happened in Hawkeye. And how long has it been going on? They're talking about the, the Galway points or non-points in the hurling semi-final the week before. We did. We brought back watching Hawkeye like a hawk here a couple of weeks, a couple of uh, weeks ago. <laughs> I don't think you were in. Did you? Yeah, yeah. We had to bring it back for, Sorry, for old school. Uh, but uh, Hawkeye's been a mess all summer in Turles and in Crow Park. So um, remind me of the Turles one. So it was the in the Munster final. There was just a kind of a massive delay for ages at one side, and the yeah. graphic never came up. And eventually, Tony Kelly's point, a, a, a tap over free, which was clearly wide, yeah, um, was eventually given wide. But there was the day before in Crow Park in the Leinster final, where the referee just was like waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and then eventually uh, it came up on the screen that uh, Hawkeye had malfunctioned. Well, there will be that moment no for score. sure on Sunday when a ball goes from an angle over the crossbar. Like, uh, sorry, not the crossbar, over one of the uprights. Yeah. And it's too high for the upright to let you know either way if it's over or not. And we'll have Hawkeye and it'll be a close run thing and Tor and Neil. And then everyone's going to look around and say, I know. Are we having that or no? I, I think it's been undermined in a way that we can't have it again this season. I'd be very surprised. If, uh, whatever they do, they'll do the check. And in some ways you'll have to trust it. But, you know, if you're, you're talking about like 40,000 people from the opposition uh, you know, fan base that it's going against. If they think that that's wrong, mm. whether they're right or not, and if the player, gonna, it's just it's an atmosphere it. in Crow Park. If the player know? who hits it starts, is adamant. You know, yeah. As soon as the player knows, and they they decide to rouse the troops, there is a there is a uh, a precedent set here by that point being added to Galway score, even though it was after like Galway scored again after that from the kickout. Yeah. Now there's no suggestion that the kickout would be any different. It's not like they're taken from different places or anything like that. But the game had moved on. Yeah, you know, it I is know. like they just Colin added Boyle that point. On Monday made the observation: if this had happened in the first five minutes, would it have been overturned? It was almost because it was so close to half time, and it yeah. felt somehow within like this weird instinctive statute of limitations that we can rectify it. That's what I meant about the the glass point. Like, I mean, it wasn't as definitive. Yeah. But if we like, should Derry have had a point added on as well? Like, you know, we don't like it was just it, that that happened much earlier, so nobody bothered with it. Like, I didn't realize that Galway threatened not to take no the pitch because on Sunday, Richie, I was saying, well. The GAA, in fairness, handled that really well. I don't know if the rule book allowed them to do it, but they just almost took a common sense approach and they didn't allow this controversy to ruin and hang over the second half, which it would have done. And I thought, well, mm. under pretty terrible circumstances, they did the right thing. But if they use Hawkeye now at the weekend and there's controversy and it gets messy, I, ugh, I don't know. I think maybe safest thing is not to use it. I want to know who the crack team are that are testing this. I want to know who's been deployed to boot balls up towards the goalposts over the next few days at Crow Park to sort this thing out because that's clearly going to be the way forward. Um, I don't know. It, just even judging by what Paul Bellew said there, I think the, the nuclear option was to pull the team off the pitch. But he, he mentioned so many times that the ref and the officiating team were excellent in how they handled it and clearly were following a guide which was sent down from on high. And they knew what they were doing in, you know, in case of a failure of Hawkeye to actually provide the right score. Um, it, will this happen again? I would like, I doubt it. If they're testing it properly, you'd have to have faith in it. And I think most people mm. will have faith in it. And we're, I don't think we're going to be in a situation it, like it's, it's great to throw out all these hypotheticals, but I don't think we're going to be seeing that 
massively high ball going 20 meters above the post that is a, a question mark or you know in most even hurling games, question you know, in that happens in most games I think. most hurling games anyway you know when the ball is hit so hard and high but like like I know what you mean it probably won't be anything that contentious but I think it'll be made contentious by this situation yeah you know and the, like Hawkeye is usually called on at some point oh yeah you know, has um, Hawkeye a had a game. mistake like this in the recent history elsewhere? Like, have Wimbledon had issues or cricket? Not that I've not that I've known. The, the mistakes usually only arise in, in Wimbledon in terms of people not using it properly. So right. there's been countless times I was watching the past fortnight whereby people should have challenged uh, calls and didn't. Yeah. Um, but when it's used, it's usually used right, and there hasn't been. Not that I can remember. Like it's it's such a intricate system. You only have to look at how find the margins are that they can get down to especially at Wimbledon mm. and I think that's probably what people need a little bit more is a little bit more definition in the replays that they're shown because at Wimbledon you can get down to like the blade of grass that it did or didn't touch um, whereas it seems a bit old school uh, the version that they're using to relay at least the information that they have on hand uh, both the Crow Park and at Semple. If it was just an issue last Saturday and they didn't use it on Sunday You'd say, right, I can understand that they'd fix things. But the fact, like, we've had issues all summer. So I think it's a big, big ass now to put that on. Like, we've had plenty of All-Ireland finals that went by perfectly fine without Hawkeye. Mm. I don't know if you'd risk the controversy. Going to be interesting. So we know the referee for the All-Ireland football final, Richie. Yeah, Sean Hurson will referee this year's senior football decider between Kerry and Galway. It'll be the Tyrone officials' first senior inter-county final, having already refereed this year's club final clash of Kilku and Kilmacud Croaks. Hurson hasn't refereed Kerry so far this year, but he has already shown red cards to go as Paul Conroy in their league win over Derry back in March. Euros this evening. Yeah, Sweden have moved to the top of Group C for the time being at Women's Euro 2022. They had a 2-1 win over Switzerland this evening at Bramall Lane. Everton's Hannah Benenson scored the winner 11 minutes from time. The Swedes also had a potential third ruled out for offside by VAR and there's an 8pm start in Lee where the Netherlands play Portugal. We'll keep you updated on that game across the course of the evening now in uh, not terribly surprising news. Yeah, a French Senate report has found that Liverpool fans were unfairly blamed for the chaos that came before May's Champions League final. Thousands of fans were locked outside of the Stade de France while many were tear-gassed by police. Interior Minister Gérald Darmaman had blamed Liverpool fans in the immediate aftermath, but the Senate's reported that they were blamed to divert attention away from organisational failures. And this evening, Liverpool CEO Billy Hogan said that the French government should apologise. I mean, I say the Senate doing that report just sat down for their deliberations and said, this isn't our toughest gig. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we had this a couple of weeks ago. It must have been right. someone else that uh, someone else that exonerated the, the yeah. most easily exonerated people. You know, I said at that time, like, you know, it's good that we're getting uh, these apologies and exonerations in a more timely manner than we have in the past. But, uh, yeah, still, like, <laughs> you know, I don't know if we're going to lose sleep over what the French interior minister said, but, like, God almighty, like a black mark on his name, like, you know, and everybody involved on the night, like it was so, I've never seen such a a sleazy cover up in a way, like, you know what I mean? It was obviously easily exposed, which was great. Mm. But think about like, you know, just like, oh, we completely messed this up. Let's blame football fans, Mm. English football fans, Liverpool fans, you know, Mm. perfect. Uh, Rich, young Irish player on the move. 
Yeah, Dawson Devoy has uh, gone to MK Dons, the uh, League One side, conducting their second raid of the summer on Young League of Ireland talent. They've signed Devoy for an undisclosed fee. The Republic of Ireland under-21 midfielder has penned a long-term contract at Stadium MK, where he will be a teammate of former St. Pat's winger Dara Burns. Uh, Michael and Kerry wants a semi-final over winning the series. He said, and no one talks about losing Test Series by the Lions, but we're the only Tier 1 nation never to make a World Cup semi-final. Tell you who talk about losing Test Series. New Zealand. Ian Foster won't make the World Cup if they lose on Saturday. Yeah. That's how big a deal it is to beat New Zealand. They haven't lost a Test Series in New Zealand since 1994. It would be historic. It's something that England haven't done in professional era. It's something that France haven't done in the professional era. It's something that Wales haven't done in the professional era. Mm. And obviously Scotland haven't ever beaten New Zealand. Mm. It will be quite something if, they are, if Ireland win. And again, we're probably veering too close into talking about this as if you know yeah. we, we have control over this situation as opposed to New Zealand and that prompts the end for Ian Foster and Scott Robertson or Joe Schmidt take over and then New Zealand are reborn and unleashed against Ireland the World Cup quarter final there will be a, a delicious irony to that but like all this um, strategising and trying to predict the future it's just a waste of time like we could give could have given Joey Carberry all of these three games or Kieran Frawley all of these three games and prep and say well we've done everything right and we've prepped their way you know the textbook preparation and then Carberry or Frawley gets injured the week before the World Cup anyway yeah there's a degree of like deal with what's in front of you yes you want to strategize as much as you can and you want to prepare players as much as you can but I think the reality is like Frawley hasn't played a single game of 10 for Leinster all of last season that's yeah. the the week to week issue is the burning issue Joey Carberry needs to get a, a really healthy good season under his belt at Munster Andy Farrell's got about nine games to play with yeah what can and he do there's, there's like there's other ways you can build a team there's been a re- there's been a really good tour those Maori games have been brilliant but it's also like been a long tour of a fairly extended squad that have been over there there's other ways of blooding players as well you know and again there's a full season plus mm. to go before we get to the World Cup. Anonymous texture in wondering should uh, the GEA extend the height of the uprights? Okay, I think I think genuinely there's a wind factor that comes into that in terms of... Uh, <laughs> Imagine what Evan Comerford would do if he had another <laughs> 20 feet to work with. <laughs> uh, yeah. A wind factor? <laughs> I suppose it's a wind issue. The, the, the posts already kind of wobble around the place, which doesn't make Hawkeye's or the umpire's life uh, that easy to deal with. The taller they are, <laughs> what are you laughing? I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, child. It's just a funny image, isn't it? I'm imagining incredibly tall posts. It as makes well. it makes it makes the game a bit harder. Incredibly tall posts all the way up to the top stand, just wobbling around in the wind. Mm. Uh, Richie, I'm sure you would have seen a bit of Dawson Devoy. Yeah, really good signing for for MK Dons. It's like this this move has been in the offing really since uh, the end of last season from a League of Ireland perspective. I think it was staved off for a while uh, just to, I think, get more games inside him. He's really talented. Like he's, he just raised the point, he's an under-21 footballer playing in the League of Ireland. I mean, there, there are a handful of them and they usually are pretty good technical footballers. He's certainly one of those. And Stadium MK, as we saw from what Troy Parrott managed to do on loan there last season, second half of last season, seems like a really good place to try and build your career. Um, it's a really good setup of a club, however plastic people might point towards it being. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great sign. Another loss for the League of Ireland. I mean, this is just a hemorrhage at this stage from mm. a number of clubs, unfortunately. And it's going to be 
uh, it's something that we're going to have to put up with for the next while until clubs are in a position to start offering multi-year contracts to the vast majority of their squad. Um, again, Bo's not making a hell of a lot of money out of this one. Apparently, from what I'm hearing, they've made more from this than what Rovers made from the Mandroyu sale to, to Lincoln. So at least that's something. But yeah, we're going to see a, an increasing drain on the league and uh, ever mm. more blooding of these players getting younger and younger for the time being. Uh, somebody says, Pat Kenny had an idea during the week on the Hawkeye situation. So put a crossbar top of the across the uprights as well and a net behind it. And that is kind of foolproof once the ball goes under that crossbar. Obviously for hurling, where there is a wind issue, as you've discussed, with the height of the upright. Yeah. So it's not going to work for shots. So it's like two goals, crossbar. a high goal and a low goal. Yeah, in effect. So yeah. it certainly would have caught the Galway free perfectly. You know, it's in the yeah. net. But it doesn't work for obviously hurling in the main, which they're the really tricky ones, the ones that are over yeah, the crossbar. And even football, like it's not unheard of in, in any way. James McCarthy's yeah, point was high, wasn't it? Would go, would go over the post, yeah. yeah. You would have to make them uh, pretty tall. But maybe with the, see, the wind issue, issue mightn't be as much of a factor if you had a crossbar. To hold them steady. To hold them steady, you know. We need to get an engineer on the show this evening. <laughs> Gents on off the ball. And that's how you start a text in to 53106. Gents on off the ball. Uh, thank you, Philip. There was a major Hawkeye mess on the tennis last week in the tennis doubles match in Wimbledon. The game was stopped for 10 minutes. Video stills showed the ball was out and even the shadow of the ball was out. Hawkeye kept giving it as in. So Wimbledon have had some trouble with Hawkeye this week as well. Thanks for the text, Philip. I had missed that. That's pretty interesting. Uh, Richie, I... I don't know is this a typo of sorts but like I, I feel you've had this story every day for the last two weeks it feels like it doesn't it yeah but the final confirmation and pictures on the Hollywood Boulevard and all this kind of stuff mean that it's a done deal at last uh, Chelsea confirming the signing this evening Raheem Sterling from Manchester City he has signed a five year deal at Stamford Bridge and is set to cost 56 million euro meanwhile Napoli defender Kaladu Koulibaly will have a medical in Los Angeles tomorrow before completing a 40 million move to Chelsea and not only that Chelsea are also in talks we learned this evening with Paris Saint-Germain for their French international defender Presnel Kimpembe That's, Chelsea have lots well, of money very Chelsea. good business Kubali for 40 million very yeah. good business 31 now Kubali like it feels like this is the transfer that's been waiting to happen for 10 years yeah. every single summer it's like who's uh, Kubali going to and yeah Jesus like that's a, a centre half who could be top of his game for another 4 or 5 years look at Thiago Silva at the moment like, yeah you know. uh, Rafinha yeah, Barcelona have agreed to sign Rafinha from Leeds. The Catalan Giants are going to pay €55 million Euro for the 25-year-old, who'd also been a target for both Chelsea and Arsenal. Rafinha, though, still needs to pass a medical before completing his move to the Camp Nou. Big loss for Leeds. Shane Long on the move as well. Yeah, he has rejoined Reading. The 35-year-old was a free agent following his release by Southampton last month. Long originally joined Reading from Cork City back in 2005. He scored 54 times in 203 games for the Royals during that first spell. Meanwhile, Newcastle defender Kieran Clark has joined Sheffield United on loan for the season. Hard to think of Shane Long at 35. Still has that boyish yeah. good looks, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. A Lille reunion of sorts at uh, the Majeski this year with uh, Shane Long and Jeff Hendrick. Joined yesterday on loan, so... Uh They'll be one to watch this year. A hell of a career, Shane Long. Oh, unbelievable, kind of, um, yeah. Maligned, I think, for his finishing. But, I mean, an amazing athlete and has had some big moments for sure. So, 35 and still going in English football. John Mohan, though, Richie. 
yeah, awfully are in need of a new senior football manager after John Mohan brought his four-year reign to an end today. The faithful made this year's Talton Cup semi-finals, but that followed relegation to Division Three and a Leinster Championship defeat to Wexford. The short sellers of Burr are believed to be in mourning this evening. <laughs> there aren't many who've been on the go for 30-plus years like Mohan. No, absolutely not. And still, obviously, like did a great job there with Offaly. Like, is John Martin a contender for the Mayo job? I don't think so. Not at all? No. no. Okay. I don't think so. Um, Somebody was asking me what no, Kevin... They have spread the net far and wide. Are they? They've, they've put out literally an advertisement for the job yeah. on... Today was, yesterday was Tuesday, on Monday. So there was like an email put out, and I think this was put out to the wider world. So they've literally, they're spreading the net as far as they possibly can mm. to get candidates in for this thing. It's not necessarily a Current intercounty, so or well, former intercounty, and I suppose now since today, manager who's from there and has the experience and has done a great job in the, in the past. I just think they've gone back to him twice, like a third mm. time. Somebody was asking me, would Kevin McStay go for it? Yeah. I don't think so. He was obviously badly burned a couple of years ago and, and took it you know, very much to heart and was upset by how the process was handled. I did a feature interview with him last summer and he said pretty much in that, you know, definitely not. A line was drawn I think you said quite recently as well you won't bother again yeah right but then again there's nothing like Mikhail gets on the phone to him this really is our last shot what do you think you know yeah. the reality of an opportunity might change his mind somewhat but um, yeah, I don't know I see I, I, I don't have a sense of who the bright coaching talent within the county is you, you also know? just want to know like is there a re- is there a full rebuild do we need a new James Horan to come up and, and sort of start again like you know I don't know if we'll see Kevin McLaughlin again. Aidan O'Shea is 32 now. Lee Keegan will be 33 by the time the next season comes yeah. around. You know, these guys could have another year in them, absolutely. There's no reason to say they can't give it another go, but are they going to get any better? And they've already lost so many players. It's like, is it a start again thing for Mayo? Probably is, although somebody uh, who really knows the scene there told me that the quality of player coming through in Mayo is off the charts. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. They've been raised on... Well, you know, Horns really had this this decade, and Rochford's played his part, of course. But um, they've had this decade of things being done right, mm. and that's extended beyond just the first team. So apparently, if your if your timing is good, you're about to inherit a very very healthy yeah. bunch. Yeah. So it mightn't be the worst time for somebody to swoop in there. Uh, so uh, if we could skip on Richie to Martin Slumbers. Mm. Yeah, the, the uh, CEO of the RNA has ruled out banning live golf Chinese from the Open Championship. Players on the Saudi-funded tour are allowed to compete at St. Andrews this week, much as they were at last month's US Open. However, Martin Slumbers says players will have to earn the right to play at future Opens, and live golf events do not currently carry ranking points. I believe the model we've seen at Centurion and Pumpkin Ridge is not in the best long-term interests of the sport as a whole and is entirely driven by money. We believe it undermines the merit-based culture and the spirit of open competition that makes golf so special. Looking ahead to the Open next year, we have been asked quite frequently about banning players. Let me be very clear, that's not on our agenda. But what is on our agenda is that we will review our exemptions and qualifications criteria for the Open. And whilst we do that every year, we absolutely reserve the right to make changes as our Open Championships Committee deems appropriate. Mm. I mean, the RNA have taken uh, something of a symbolic stand in that at their Champions Dinner on Tuesday, 
the only former champion not invited was Greg Norman, which was you know mm. quite the move. And then Phil Mickelson declined the invitation, and <clears throat> this could well be Jack Nicholas's last uh, Champions Dinner at St Andrews. So it's, it's it's had the feel of a very significant one. So and I, they've uh, this yeah. this evening as well, John, saying that they've given the Live Golf signees pretty bogey uh, tee times for the first couple of rounds there as well, which is a bit of a right. it's a bit of a small time move, but it's uh, looks like it's done on purpose, judging by the yeah. the people who have been lumbered with the certain tee times. Well, yeah. I was wondering, like, is was the Greg Norman uh, move also a small time move? Yeah, it's it's a touch it's a petty small time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's earned his place at that and dinner that has nothing to do with what he's currently doing. There's nobody else excluded. But, you know, same time. They didn't trust him. They didn't trust yeah. him not to turn up in a live golf T-shirt and hat and do interviews in front of the clubhouse <laughs> at night, noon waving and morning. Waving a Saudi flag. Waving a Saudi flag, potentially. And, and just, like, <laughs> ruining the whole week, which was kind of, if you're into your golf, it was kind of a magical week. Like, there was a group with them in that four-hole Champions Tournament with Lee Trevino, Tiger Woods, Roy McIlroy and Georgia Hall setting off down the first fairway was kind of amazing so you don't really want like Norman said this what's your response to that Tiger etc for the week so um, takes over the week a little bit then doesn't it yeah I think so I think so yeah I don't know the whole thing is just never ending though isn't it like we're just these this is it's the Open we had it with the US Open it's just constant every week live 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 Jesus they've they've infiltrated they sure have they sure have we are pretty much done fellas Richie thank you Mick McCarthy, thank you. Actually, sorry, bunch of text just to finish on and we'll come back to these at some stage in the next while. I would say more people are taking a semi-final over a winning series in New Zealand. For instance, Michael and Kerry, World Cup semi all day long. It's the thing that's always thrown at Irish rugby every four years. It is the albatross around our necks. TC says, lads, are you really trying to make a contest out of winning two friendlies? Ah, stop reading it. In a series. Stop reading it. It's not a friendly, come on. Two friendlies in a series against achieving something in an actual World Cup. Bizarre stuff. See, you're you're diminishing not accepting the premise matches of a friendly. That text, and you're Joe. also saying achieving something at a World Cup. Like making a semi final. Yeah. Who made the semi finals of the last World Cup? Top of your head, go. Wales, South Africa, England, and New Zealand. All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 don't, don't get me on a quiz here, Joe. I can't quiz. help myself. <laughs> I needed you to help the point there. The uh, no, though. The main point, though, is that these things don't have to be bloody mutually exclusive. Winning a test series can only help us in, in the World Cup. And it doesn't mean we'll even get ever a group. Mm-hmm. It just, it's just not going to do us any harm. Agreed. We will move on. <laughs> 